I'm going to jump right into my message this morning because this is a big topic. And I actually titled this, Love is a Choice. All right? Love is a Choice. Now, I know somebody out there is already telling me, no, God is love. Well, I understand love is a choice. But acting on the commandment to love is a choice. Now, that's what you've you got to remember that. All right? Because let me tell you something. In this day we live in, it's tough to love some folks, right? Come on. You know what I'm... Don't look at me so holy. I mean, y'all know what I'm... Not, you know, you can tell the truth. We're in church. Not everybody that you sit with, not everybody you work with, not everybody you talk with, not everybody in your family is your best friend, right? And if they're sitting next to you, please don't point to them at any point during this message, right? We'll just keep praying the prayer of faith that that situation will revolve itself. But, but, but talking about love, you know, um, um, you know, I graduated from Rama Bible Training College, as did Anna, as did Nathan, as did Austin, as did Jessica, as did Tucker, as did Lydia. Did I leave anybody out? All right? I think we got everybody, right? But one thing that Rama is known for is it was founded by Brother Kenneth E. Hagin. Now, Brother Hagin was a proven prophet of God. Right, and, and proven is not like the Facebook prophets we see all over that everybody has a different something, something, something. He was a proven prophet. Everything that he ever prophesied has come to pass. And the things that have yet to, to come, in other words, he's prophesied about things in the future, all of that is lining up. And he was, he was just a very genuine and very humble and very true prophet of God. And he was known as uh, the father of the faith movement, all right? Matter of fact, you go to uh, Rama Bible College in, in Broken Arrow and on top of the building, I think Anna went up in top of the, inside this thing, but there's this huge sign on top of the building. That thing's like 40 foot tall, like 30 foot wide, and it says faith. It's a faith shield. Did you get to see that when you were there? That's pretty awesome, isn't it? Very, very awesome. But he was, he was, he was known for this, uh, and he wasn't the, the founding father of this movement. You had John Osteen, not, not, that's Joel Osteen's dad. You had Oral Roberts. All right? they, they were known as the, the kind of the, the, the Smith Wigglesworth, all of them, but pushing this, this faith movement. And it was a powerful thing. And I mean, in his day, Brother Hagin would have, they had tent revivals. Still had the tent when I was there. You could probably put a thousand people in the tent when they set it up and they could open one end of it and still have people lined up in the fields out on the outsides of that. And, and during those days, and this was just in the 70s and 60s, 70s, and they didn't use the tent anymore in the 80s. And, and, but, but during those days, it was very common for people to come in and be healed. You saw miraculous things. People were literally rolled in on their deathbed and they walked home. It happened. It had, there, it's just so much of it was documented. And I mean, the, they had a pile of wheelchairs in the warehouse in, in, in the back when I was there. And that those were just leftovers from, from, from where they, people had come in in wheelchairs and walked home from the, from the meetings. And, and all of that being said, is, 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 is that grew Brother Hagin's reputation as the father of faith. Right? And, and if you hang around here long enough, you're going to hear about faith. Because faith is one of the most un, un, misunderstood things in the body of Christ today. Because if the body of Christ truly understood faith and how to apply faith and how to work faith in their life, come on, then the, this, the body of Christ could, is unstoppable, right? But there is one topic, 
that Brother Hagin taught on more than faith. He doesn't get as much credit for this, but he understood the importance. And that's love. That's love. He taught on love more than he taught on faith. All over this world, all over this nation, all over this very state, he taught on love. Now what that tells me and should tell you is that love is a very significant part of our Christian walk. Alright? And, and because he taught on this so much, and, and it, it shows me that God wants us to fully understand what love is. Because most people don't understand what love is. Alright? And understand that love affects your Christian walk. Amen? You've got to understand this. And I'm not, you know, God's, he put together systems in his Bible for us to live by and us to connect with. And love is one of the most valuable ones. Now, I'm not talking about the emotion of love. Because when you talk about love, that's typically what people, first, the first thing they think of is, 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 that, is, is that, that feeling, right? I mean, you all have things in your life that, that make you feel good and you love them, right? Everybody think for just a second about something that they, they really do like. They really do. They love. They consider they love. And I'm not talking about your partner. I'm talking about something, a thing in your life. I mean, my kids got me a fishing kayak for Father's Day, and I love it. I really love it. They couldn't have got me anything any better. I just love being out there paddling on the lake, fishing, sitting down there on that water, that cool breeze blowing off the water, just enjoying the outdoors, enjoying that time, and, 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 and it gives me a lot of time with God. That's what I really enjoy the most about it, and I do love to fish. But I love that. I love that. But that satisfies that, that, that emotion of love. And that's not what I'm talking about right today. All right? Not the emotion of love. All right, let's go ahead and get that cleared out right now. What I'm talking about today is a love that is ingrained in you at salvation. And it's an action. A love that's an action that is based on the way that you treat people, which is based on the change that took place inside you at salvation, at the new birth. Alright? That's the love of God. That's what I'm talking about. The love of God. Everybody say, the love of God. Alright? That's what I want to talk to you about. Now, if you think about what happens at the new birth, when, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Jesus comes in. He comes into your life, right? He, he, he now makes residency. That that's his home, all right? Changes happen. Now, and when that happens, what's made new? Your spirit man. Your spirit is made new. Remember, man is a spirit we have a soul and we live in a body, right? Your spirit, man, is made new. Your soul, which is your reasoning, your mind, and, and, and your body, it stays the same, correct? Your spirit, man, is what's made new. Now, so when, when, when all of this takes place, there's a change that happened in your life. Now, you have to take initiative to walk in that change, Right? You ever seen people that got saved, but then the next day they're just right back to doing the things that they were doing once before? Well, their spirit man was made new, but they have to be in they have to make the intentional decision to walk in the light of that change. See, God gave us free will to choose. 
right? God didn't want a bunch of robots running around on this earth. He gave us free wills to choose Him. That means that if you're going to choose to be led by your spirit man that was made new, or are you going to choose to be led by your flesh, right? And that's, where, that, that, that's, that's what happens at the, at the new birth. When your spirit man is made new, that's what God intended for you to allow to lead you. Not your flesh, not even your mind. All, right? All of it should work together, but your spirit should be dominating you. All right? and, and if you think about the, the situation in the world, that's not happening. Because there are people making decisions. There are people involved in different things. And there are people doing some sinful things because of fleshly desires. Come on. They're allowing their flesh to lead them in uncontrollable ways. And then they... they and, and, well, we'll get into that a little later on. But now, you understand. So at the, at the, at the new birth, Jesus comes in. Your spirit man's made, made new. And that's who God intends on us leading us, not our flesh, not even our mind, okay? All right? But there's something else. Look with me at Romans, and this is very important. Romans 5. Romans 5. Now, we're talking about love. Talking about love. Hmm. Now, y'all do not want me to sing, right? <laughs> it says, in verse 1, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing the tribulation work patience, and patience experience, experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us, all right? So when you get saved, the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts, right? Because it is given to us by the Holy Spirit. Now, when do you receive the Holy Spirit? Now, the, 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 the dwelling of the Holy Spirit comes at salvation. That's when the, the Holy Spirit comes to take residency, now, we know the infilling of the Holy Spirit comes at a later time when you have hands laid on you. That's when you become empowered to do what God's called you to do. That's when you receive your prayer language. Some people call it praying in tongues. That's when all of that comes in. But when you get saved, the love of God is shed abroad in your hearts. It comes there. And it, we know that happens at salvation because you receive the Holy Spirit at salvation. That's when the Holy Spirit comes to live inside you. So when the Holy Spirit comes, the love of God comes in your... And it's interesting there, guys. It says that the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. It's not shed abroad in your mind. And it's sure not shed abroad in your, hand, in your hands and your feet. Right? It's, it's, it's shed abroad in your heart. So if it's shed abroad in your heart, it's in your spirit. The love of God is in your spirit, man. Right? And everybody say, love is a choice. It's a choice. And everybody say, I have the love of God in my heart. See, and as a result, if you're born again and you have that love on the inside of you, you just have to learn to love like God loves. Amen? Now, I know what I've been through in life. You know what you've been through in life. And I know that if God can look, through, look at me 
right? And, 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 and look, look beyond all of my wrongdoings and all of my shortcomings and all of that. And he and didn't care and loved me anyway. Then God loves in a way of no judgment. He loves in a way of no condemnation. He loves in a way of, uh, of just pure love for me. Right? Because see, he didn't see all of my, he knows my wrongdoings, but he didn't, he's not holding them against me. Right? He forgives, but not only forgives, he forgets. Because this is what we have to learn to do. That means that, and, and this is what is holding the body of Christ back from making a bigger impact in the earth, is we get too caught up in our emotions, even in church. But wait a minute, go back to salvation, right? Our spirit man was made new. We're supposed to be being led by our spirit, not our emotions, right? But see, even Christians get caught up in the emotion of the sin that someone is involved in. And now they're angry, another emotion. They're mad. They don't like that person. I don't want to talk to them. Do you know what they're involved in, all right? And then, see, the problem is, and as a result, and we're not loving just as God loves, or as Jesus loves, we're angry, we're holding people's circumstances that are surrounding them against them, right? But see, we've got to think back to what Jesus said on the cross. What did he say? They were, he, he was about to take his last breath. He says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Because it's the same when we talk about the people in this lost and hurting world that are in the sins that they're in. They're in the problems that they're in. They're confused. They don't know what they're doing. And if we don't bring it to light and bring a standard, a biblical standard based on our Bible form beliefs, bring it into their presence and bring them up to that standard, we're never going to reach them. And it starts with love. Starts with love. I believe we have a coyote in the hallway. That's all right. I love you anyway, right? But it does. It starts with love. Now, y'all are really looking at me super holy right now because I know somebody's sitting there thinking, well, Pastor, that love thing, that's pretty tough. You don't know so-and-so. You don't work with so-and-so. You don't... Listen, I went to... Ah, I had a situation that arrived that really tested my love. And I was at Walmart, and how many, I just hate to say, I'm not going to talk bad about Walmart. Okay, I don't like Walmart, but that's all right. I went in Walmart, and I saw this thing, and I'm about to check out, and I'm, I'm amused because there was a, the self-checkout. You know, they don't have reg, op, register operators anymore, and they didn't train me on how to do all this. But I'm standing there, I'm looking at the thing, the self-checkout, and then this big sign hanging up says, Investing in American Jobs. It didn't even make sense. I'm laughing at this, you know. And while I'm laughing, this lady just jumps right in front of me and takes my spot, you know. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. And I had two things, and she had a buggy full. And I looked at her, I thought, woman, I will pull your teeth out and stick them in your ears. What do you think you're doing? See, I had to make a choice right there. How was I going to respond, right? And let me tell you something. I didn't want to respond the way that I responded. But I ha- you, you, you have to, because I'm not going to respond off of emotion. See, if I was going to respond off of emotion, I would have just jacked her up right there in the line. You know, you know, pastors don't do that. That's not what we do, you know, because we are holy men of God. Woo, you know, all right? Come on, y'all laugh, but y'all know what I'm talking about, because somebody's done it to you at some point, right? <laughs> but sometimes you've got to choose to love. 
And I know that's difficult. I really do. I know. Let me tell you something. I've had people hurt me in my life. And I know you've had people hurt you. I've had people really hurt me. Financially hurt me in relationships. Hurt me in different ways. Wasn't you? But hurt in different ways. Different relationships. But I know it's hard. It's hard. Right? But what we got to understand is that we're not, we're not basing our love off of our emotion, off of, our, off of anything other than the love of God that's already shed abroad in our spirit. Right? And, and that's a choice. That's a choice. That means you've got to love that person that hurts you beyond your, anything you can ever imagine. Because, and, you, and see, this is where it comes in is, is you've got to let it go. You've got to forgive it, and you've got to let it go. See, too many people hold on to things and make, that happened in their past, and they make them pets. And they get little leashes, and they pull them around, and they, come on, come on, you know, bother me here, bother me there, bother me at work. You've got to let it go. Because let me tell you something, when you got saved, you just got adopted into a new family. So when you got adopted into a new family, now the body of Christ becomes your family. Now, I'm not saying kick your family to the curb. Maybe you need to. I don't know. Right? right. That's between you and God. But when you come into this new family, listen, you got a fresh start. It's time to let that stuff go. Those generational curses will have been hounding you. Come on, rebuke that in Jesus' name and start walking out the plan that He has for you. Amen? Glory to God. But I know it's hard. I really do. You know, I... I think too often as pastors we preach, we, we preach a, something that sounds really good without relating to the fact that it's difficult. But I want you to understand something. It's difficult, but you can do it. Because greater is he that lives on the inside of you than he that lives in the world. Amen? And you've got to remember something. This love is the only commandment. Look with me at Matthew, verse 22. Verse, I mean, chapter 22, I'm sorry. Chapter 22, verse 37. Come on, y'all should know that. We're having technical difficulties here. But this is the only commandment, the only true commandment that Jesus gave us. Verse 37. Jesus said unto them, all right, it says, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. That's the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's the commandment. Now, most of us can get that first part right. Yeah, we can get that, well, I love God. You know, God's got all the answers. God's got all the provision. God's got my healing. God's got everything. But that loving your neighbor stuff's for the bird. You don't know my neighbor. Parks on my yard. His dog poops in my yard. You know, stays up all night. He's boozing. He don't want to hear nothing about Jesus. And we're just, he, cut, he cuts over on my grass. He does this. Listen, this, but wait a minute. All those responses are based on what? Feelings. Feelings. So you can't get sucked in. You can't get sucked in. Now, I know you're going to have a natural response to whatever happens in your life. Right? But you've got to be able to control it based on your spiritual maturity. Come on. Being spiritual is being, what, slow to anger. Come on. Actually, spiritual maturity is being slow to speak. Right? Because you're processing, you're taking, you're not reacting instantly off of emotions. Right? 
And see, you've got to learn to base your reactions off of the spirit man on the inside of you. Right? Because too often everybody, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt, I don't feel like loving them. They hurt me. Well, I understand that. Right? I understand that. But God says that He'll work those things that work those things for your good. Right? And you just believe it by faith and you keep going on and you keep going on. And you don't let these things hold you up and let, don't let these things hold you back. You've got to remember that the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart, in your spirit. Now choose to put that love on. And I know it's hard. Believe me, I've been to the family gatherings. Not your side of the family, but went to the family gatherings. You know, you've got that person there and you just, you're just like, Lord, please help me. Don't y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all been there. Now, what was the guy on the Christmas vacation that had the, the, the RV? I'm really showing my time now. I mean, my age. <laughs> but listen, let me show you something about emotions, all right, and how they affect us in a lot of different ways. Now, when we're saved and, and we accept Jesus, how does God tell us to live our lives? By faith. Right now, you can you can't argue this point. Romans one seventeen, Hebrews ten thirty eight. All throughout Scripture, you see, we are called to live by faith. Faith in what? Faith in God. Faith in His Word. Faith in the fact that what He said right here in His operations manual for our life that's ours. All right. Faith means that I believe it. And not only believe it, I see it before it manifests, right? That means that, that I, I'm so fully convinced that God is going to provide for me that when I pray, I know without a doubt it's there. It may not, be, it may not have manifested yet, but I know it. And, that, and that's because faith, Hebrews 11.1, 1, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? So simply put, your faith is what brings into existence the things that you're hoping for. Well, what are you hoping for? Well, you're hoping for what you're hoping for is what you're praying for. Right? I'm trying to make this as simple as possible. People have complicated this so hard in the church world, but I'm going to make it really simple. What you're hoping for is what you're praying for. Now, you go to God fully persuaded by faith, by believing Him because He said He's going to provide for you. He said He's going to make a way for you. He said He's going to bring you through. He said He's going to bring you out. He said He's going to heal your body. Come on. Matter of fact, it says, by His stripes you were healed, past tense. So it's done. It's settled, right? So you can walk in your healing because it's done. Doesn't mean you're not going to have an attack on your body in this world. Come on, we have them all the time. But if you're going to live by faith, all right, then you've got to learn how to use your faith to bring into manifestation the answers to your prayers, the things that you're hoped for, because that's what faith does. And it's, it's nothing more than believing it or believing in something before you can see it. See, that's the thing. You've got to be fully persuaded that God will do what He said He's going to do, that God's already done what He said He did in His Word, and it's yours as a child of God because of the covenant cut with Abraham. Those promises now belong to you. They are yours, and you can have them. You can live in them, and you can walk at them, but it's a process by faith, right? And it makes me think about Thomas. Look with me in John chapter 20. John chapter 20. I couldn't help but think about Thomas, when you think about doubt, right? Because Thomas, doubt and Thomas, right? Uh, 
26, I think we'll start in 24, we'll start in 24. It says, but Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other, the other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the prints of the nails, put my finger in the prints of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Verse 26, and after eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas was there. He was with them. It says, then came Jesus, the door being short, shut. So the doors were shut. They're all in there. And, and, and then all of a sudden, poof, Jesus appears, right? Kind of cool. I'd like to see that. But he says right there, the doors being shut. And then Jesus stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, reach Hither my finger and hold, and, uh, hold, my, hold my hands, reach hither thy hand and thrust into my side. And this is important. He says, be not faithless, but believing. Be not faithless, believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, and said, my Lord, my God. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you believe. But blessed are they that have not seen and but yet have believed. Guys, Jesus was saying right there is to believe only when you see it is faithless. So you got to know that you know that what God said in his word is yours. You get it because of the price that was paid because of Jesus going on that cross, shedding that blood. And as a result, the covenant has been cut. The blood covered the, paid the price. And as a result, you get benefits from that. You just have to walk it out, believe it, be fully persuaded by faith. See, we can't be like Thomas. I'll only believe it when I see it. See, that's where most people are. See, they go to God in their prayers and, well, you know, God, I need provision, I need this, I need that. First off, you need to be specific with your prayers. Don't just throw prayers out there. If you need $100 to get yourself out of a financial fix for the week, that's your prayer for the week, $100. And then when that $100 comes in, however it comes in, then you praise God for that $100 and then you just keep going on to the next situation because we're going to have situations until Jesus comes to take us home, Right? But essentially, Jesus, uh, God was calling us to live our lives by faith in his word, in, 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 in God himself. In, in, in other words, what he says is, is true. And we're called to live by faith and act like it. That means if God says you're healed, because the word says that by his stripes you were healed, that's why he took those stripes, to pay the price for your healing. Well, wait a minute, I got a cold. I got a symptom coming on my body. What am I supposed to do? That's just not true. No, that's true. That means you have an attack coming on. The enemy's trying to put something on you. Now, you got to react out of faith instead of react out of emotion, out of fear. Come on, because the world will throw fear on you and worry and doubt and unbelief. But see, you got to know what you know and why you know it, right? And react off of the truth of the word. And when those symptoms come on your body, they're going to come. Right? You go in prayer in faith. Now, sometimes you get a miracle and it happens instantly. Had it happen? Had it happen twice in my life? Right? But every other time, it's been a process. 
I've had to walk this process out when the symptoms start to come on my body. But I don't change what I believe, and it doesn't change the truth of the Word. And I keep my confession words of faith. And when those symptoms are trying to come on my body, I take authority over those symptoms. I command them to go. You have, and I remind Satan who I am. You have no place in my body. You will not put this stuff on me. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. You get away from me. The Word says resist and you will flee. I resist and you flee. I'm, that's my confession. And I'm going to do that until my faith brings into manifestation the answers to my problems. Amen. And that's what God has called us to do. And if you're going to learn to live by faith, then you're going to do just like God did with Abraham. Romans 4, 17, you know. It, when God was cutting the covenant with Abraham, it says, it says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Well, it, back in the Old Testament, that, Abraham wasn't the father of many nations at that time, but that's what God said. God was, what, what did he do? God, God says, I've made you father of many nations, right? And it goes on, it says, in verse 17, it says, before him who, whom he believed, even God who quickened the dead, calleth those things which be not as though they were. God was, God was using faith. He was calling those things that were not as though they were. He was saying, I've made you the father of many nations. You're not the father of many nations yet. But he was calling those things that were not as though they were. That's faith. When those symptoms come on your body, your body's trying to tell you you're sick. The, the body's trying to tell you you're dying. Come on, you've got to start calling those things that are not as though they were. I am healed. I will walk and every cell in my body is working to perfection, lining up with the truth of the Word of God. That's your confession of faith, right? That's what you got. See, when I talk about being bold, when these attacks come on, and they come in different ways. I'm just talking about healing. Healing's the one that, especially in this day and age, it affects everything. We're so focused on medicine. And all of that goes in hand in hand, right? But now there's such an emphasis on medicine and just medicine. And, and we're losing sight of the truth of the Word of God. Amen? Sometimes your healing is in medicine. Sometimes, but see, God will lead you there. So you don't kick the doctor to the curb. You allow the spirit man on the inside of you. When you don't need to go to the doctor... The spirit man will give you that nudging. You go to the doctor. You get your antibiotics. You get whatever you need. But sometimes your healing is just in a, in a process and in a battle that you've got to fight out. And when you walk through that process and you fight this out, and then your faith brings into manifestation the things that you're hoping for, the answers to your prayers, guess what? Your testimony just got powerful. And not only that, your faith got stronger. Now, God didn't give you that to make your faith stronger, but he used it for your good to build your faith up stronger. So now the next time God calls you to do something, your faith is up here. And you're strong, and when you take a step to do it, and he says, well, I need you to raise $100,000 to feed so-and-so in Africa. Whoa, are you going to be scared? Are you going to react off of emotion? Are you going to take a step of faith because your faith is up here and start reaching out to people, reaching out to businesses, doing something to raise the money. And then when you start taking those steps of faith, God will meet you because he sees your heart. Right? I've done it. I've done it. I can't tell you how many times we've done it. And it will change your life. And I'm going, how I'm getting all hung up on faith today. But somebody needs it, right? If I don't get finished with love, we'll pick that up next week. But listen, what I wanted to get to is this. 
if you're gonna live, when you live by faith, you've got to remember 2 Corinthians 5, 7. And that tells us that we walk by faith, not by sight. Now, we walk by faith, not by sight. We live by faith, not by sight. Live by faith, not by sight. So if you don't live by sight, that means you're not living by circumstances around your problem. You don't live by what's happening around your problem. You're not, in other words, you're not moved by that. What are you moved by? Your faith in the truth of God's Word. See, the circumstances may tell you you're dying. The circumstances may tell you you're not going to have enough employees to operate your business. You're going under. You're going down. But my faith says that my God will supply all my needs if I just stay close and true to His systems, stay connected to His systems. Come on. He will make the way. But you have to learn how to respond. Am I going to respond out of emotions, out of fear, or am I going to respond out of faith? Amen? Because we walk by Faith, not by sight, not by what you see. See, too many people in our world today are responding to what's happening around us simply by what they're seeing. You see, and the social media has just made this horrible. Come on, so one little something happens and somebody catches it on video. And I, I'll be honest with you, I don't know what this, this draw is to video everything. I, I stopped at a car wreck few weeks ago, and it wasn't a real bad one, but it was an elderly person, and uh, I could tell they were, they were, they were, uh, you know, traumatized, and, and so I'm going to the, I'm the third car there. I pull up. The other two people are videoing, and the lady's there's crying in the front seat of her car. And I'm, you're talking about testing my love walk, because I wanted to tell them a thing. And I went straight over, and I helped the lady, and I held her hand, and I thought she was going to cut my circulation off until the fire department got there, but she needed that. And I just encouraged her. I prayed with her. I talked with her. And the whole time, these idiots are just videoing. I'm sorry. I don't want to get on a soapbox there. But I, I mean, social media has just made this, it's taken it to a whole different level. But see, we've got to learn to control our emotions and control and, and make all of our responses come from the spirit man that's made new on the inside of us. Amen. Now, why did I get into all of that? Well, the Holy Spirit took us there. Well, I didn't mean to get in that much into just our basic foundations of faith. But now you have it, right? But what I wanted to, 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 to pull it out is I wanted to show you that your decision to love can't be based on feelings. Just like your decision to live isn't based on feelings. Your decision to live and keep going and keep working and keep taking steps of faith and keep going and keep moving, all of that is based off of a step of faith, right? I mean, Ben and Megan didn't have all the answers when they bought this business, but they felt peace about it. And this was a long process. We talked with them, met with them, prayed with them, and encouraged them the best that we can. And I told her to follow after peace. And when you have peace, take that step. And they did. They don't have all the answers, but they did it by faith. Knowing that, that, that God's going to help them. God's going to provide for them. God's gonna, doesn't mean they're not going to reach resistance. Because anytime you take a step towards God, come on, you're getting resistance from ten times from the devil. Because he wants to stop you. He wants to get you in some form of doubt or unbelief so that you won't pursue the plan of God for your life. Why? Because he wants to destroy us. Amen. So listen. You gotta, love is a choice. Right? Just like faith is a choice. It's a decision. And you have to learn to love everybody just as Jesus loved you. Right? And you, and you, you can love people even when you don't feel like it. 
Come on, you know, you know what I'm talking about. You know, when Michelle, when I'm hanging around the house and, and you know, and, and, and I'm, uh, we're talking this, that, and other, and she looks up from her desk and says, you've got to go to work. I know she loves me, but I'm getting on her nerves right about now, and I know this is time for me to go. I've got to get out, you know. I, I'll see you later, right? right? She loves me. I think you love me, right? right? And the bad thing is that I think Hamp has followed into this footsteps. He does the same thing. He's like, hey, Mom, what you doing? What are you doing? And she just looks up and is just like, whoa, we've got to go. Right? Hamp, Hamp, Hamp knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? <laughs> Listen, <laughs> she's loving me even though she don't feel like it, right? Right. You can do it, right? Because you don't walk by feelings. We walk by the love of God that's been shed abroad in our hearts, in our spirits, right? And choosing to love impacts so much in your Christian walk. And one of the biggest things that you need to understand is Galatians 5, 6. And that tells us that it takes love for your faith to work. In other words, your faith's not working without love. So you want, people want to know why they're not seeing God move in their life? They're not seeing the power of God work in their life? Well, are there, the biggest question is, is I, don't, I don't see answers to my prayers. Well, your prayers are just simply what you're hoping for. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, what's going to bring the answers to those prayers? Your faith. You're believing that, you're believing that, that God is going to provide, that He is going to do what He said He's going to do. Right? So if you're not seeing the answers to, to prayers in your life, how's your love walk? Because without love, your faith isn't working. That's always the first place a pastor's going to take you. When people come and, they, and, and go through issues and go through problems, is we're going to sit and we're going to talk and we're going to bounce some things around. And I just need to know, where's your, how's your love walk? Now, only you know your love walk. Only you know, because there are a lot of Christians that will tell you, I just can't forgive. I just can't forgive. You know what? Look what we at Mark 11. This is the keynote speak. Um, um, verse for uh, Rhema. Big faith, big faith uh, verse right here. It says, verse 22, and Jesus was saying, Mark eleven twenty-two. Jesus answered to him, saying, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, and this is Jesus talking, very important to get this, because so many people discount this. They say, that's just not real. That's just not true. But Jesus says, for verily I say unto you, that whatsoever shall say unto... That what whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now see, we get all happy over that. Because, see, your mountain's your problem. And when you're, when, 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 you're, when you're doing the confession of faith, you're commanding that problem to go. You're commanding that mountain to disappear. You're commanding it to go into the sea. You're commanding it to go. And, and, and when you do that, if you believe in your heart, have faith, in your, which is believing, when you believe that when you command your problem to go, and you have no doubt, and when it, it will go. It, it, Jesus just said it right there. And we get all happy about that. Oh, yeah, you know. Because people that are really been grown up in this and really into and really spiritually mature, you ask them if they're, how they're dealing with the situation. And they say, oh, I've spoke to my mountain. It's done. It's done. That problem's gone. It's out of here. I've spoke. To, that's their confession of faith. 
Now, I, know, I may know their personal life and know that they're still walking this process out because it's not necessarily a miraculous event. It's a process, right? And everybody gets all excited, but they have a tendency to forget 25 and 26 because verse 25 says, And when you stand praying, forgive. If you have aught against any, that your Father, which also in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. And this is so very important right here. Verse 26. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. That's a biggie, guys. That's a biggie. right? So you talk about why we should be taking this more seriously? Come on. I mean, it, it, it don't get any more clear than that. If you do not forgive, neither would your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. I mean, think about that. What it's saying right there, the way that we treat others, whether we love each other, whether we choose to walk in that God kind of love, the way that we treat each other will directly impact our relationship with God. Because you see, if you don't love your neighbor or love your people or love your your co-workers, your family, if you're not walking in that God kind of love, then there's no power of God going to be manifested in your life. Ooh, that, guys, that's very important. Because you've got, the God, you've got the God kind of love shed abroad in your heart, in your spirits. And I'm going to tell you something. If there's believers, and there's a lot of believers that do this. Oh, I just can't forgive, Pastor. You just don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've been through. Right? And I just can't forgive. I just can't, I'm never going to forgive. I'm going to my grave and I'm never going to forgive. They're allowing their flesh, and their mind to rule them. How dangerous is that? Because see, when you let your mind and your flesh only, I know you've got to use your intellect, right? And we, and we live in a world where, we're, where there's a lot of smart people, right? But we're not smarter than God, right? And you've got to use them both, right? But you've got to be led by your spirit. Because I'm going to tell you something, this body will chase you... Man, your body is what loves those donuts at Krispy Kreme. Y'all know that's my thing, you know? I even put my jacket on and realized, oh my gosh, you know? I came button it. Me and Doc were laughing back there in the back. He was like, you don't have to talk. You don't have to. You know. Make me feel good. Thanks, Doc. Right? <laughs> but listen, you can't allow the flesh to rule you. And you can't allow your mind to rule everything that you do. It all has to line and to come into check with the spirit man that's been made new on the inside of you, right? Because that love's in there. It's in there. And, and, and true love, the God kind of love, will always forgive. I, and don't, please don't meet me to tell me or send me an email about what happened in your life. I, I understand we've been through. I, now listen, if you really need help, I'll talk with you about something that happens in your life. Don't misunderstand me there, right? But whatever happened in your life does not justify you living the rest of your life in some form of unforgiveness. Because that, you're only hurting yourself, right? And you've got to remind yourself that what is the strategy of Satan? What, think about what, what's his strategy? Because he's pretty smart. Now, his, his strategy is to deceive, is to divide, and is to destroy. Now, we know we've been teaching on the, on the end, the last days, and, and the, 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 that we know that in those last days, which is now, that the, uh, his, his, his realm of deception is going to be ramped up. 
And it's extremely ramped up. It's why people are, they're seeing no need for church in their life. They're seeing no need for anything to do with God in their life. It's why church numbers are doing this, because people are, 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 are more fleshly minded. I can rule myself. I can tell myself what to do and what not to do. I don't need it to submit to any kind of a God. You know, this is the mindset, mindset of the deception that's run, running the land, which is all intended to divide us. Come on, this earth has never been so divided as it is today. Especially our nation. That's really sad. But we're extremely divided. We get get hung up on just little things. right? We can't see eye to eye on hardly anything. But ultimately, He does all of that to to destroy us. right? Now, that's His strategy. Now, He's going to do that in our minds. Because remember, that's where He attacks us, in our minds, primarily. And he's going to do it by lying. He's a liar. He's a good liar. He's going to lie to you about me. He's going to lie to me about you. He's going to lie to to Rebecca about Jordan. He's going to lie to Jordan about Rebecca. He's going to lie to Kevin about Emily. He's going to lie to Emily about Kevin. He's going to lie to all of us. He's going to lie to you about church. He's going to lie to you about your family. He's going to lie and going to lie and going to lie and going to lie. Why? Why? Because he wants to keep us separated. He's trying to, 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 to divide us. And guys, he's just, he's, been, he's, been, he's just been a little too good at it because he's trying to destroy every church. And the biggest thing right now is the attack on the family. He's trying to tear every family apart. He's trying to tear every nation apart, every state, every school, every, every workplace. He's trying anything that he can, he's trying to destroy. Now, all of that being, why did, how's he going to do that? Is he wants to keep us in some state of unforgiveness. Because he knows. If we don't live in forgive, walk in forgiveness, there's no power of God in our life. Amen? He knows that. And if he can keep us in chaos and confused and fighting and this and that, and this, he can keep us all this. He's got us right where he wants us. Because without forgiveness, there's no love in your life. Right? And, and without love in our lives, there's no power. And ultimately, that leaves us just into, a, into an overwhelmed state of just hopelessness. And he's just smiling. He's just smiling. Look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We don't want Satan smiling, do we? 1 Corinthians, I'm going to read this out of the Passion. I just like this better. Passion, verse 13. And it says, Until then, there are three things that remain. Faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. Uh, 13, 13, I'm sorry. 13, 13. 1 Corinthians 13, 13. Until then, there are three things that remain. Faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. Love is greater than all of those. Now, it's interesting. It takes all three of those have to work together but yet love's greater than all three of them. See, because faith is dependent on hope, right? If you don't have anything to hope for, then, then, then you have, you have, when you go to God in prayer then, and you have nothing to hope for, your faith has no objective. It has no goal, right? Where is it going? So you've got to have hope for your faith to work, right? But faith is also dependent on love, remember? Because love, your faith only works by love, right? And that's why the Bible tells us that love is greater than hope or faith. Now, 
Satan does all of this to deceive us, to divide us, and ultimately to destroy us. And let me tell you how he's doing this. And, and it goes back to why I'm talking about your flesh. And I know we talk about that a lot because that is controlling, I would say, 75% of the population in our country. And it's probably greater in the world. I haven't talked to a lot of people. But Satan's going to do that by convincing believers to, to live only according to their flesh, right? In, in other words, in, and I've seen this and I hear this from people, this is an argument, right? That a lot of people tell me when they find out I'm a pastor. Nobody in here has done this. I'm talking about, you know, I like to get out there in the street and talk to people. People that are just out there in, in the world, you know. And I want to hear, why is it you don't come to church? I just like to talk. So I get some responses. But Satan's trying to convince all of these people just to live, pursue your fleshly desires. You can, it's your right. You're American. You can have what you want. Go get it. Go have what you want. You want that lady, you pursue that lady. You want that man, you pursue that man. You want whatever, 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 whatever. Pursue it. You can have it. And he, and, and he's convincing believe. Now, these are people that have been to church that should know better. But he's convincing people that they can live this lifestyle in some form of darkness and in some form of sin because Jesus already paid for the price. It's okay. It's going to be all right. Jesus already paid. Go on. Live your life. Do what you want to do. Be fleshly led. Don't be spirit led. But do all of that. Repent later. Jesus has already paid the price. And see, that's where he's, he's got the body. Uh, not the body, but a lot of people that are claimed to be Christians. And, and as a result, they, they can't even hear the voice of their spirit. Because they have allowed the voice of the flesh. And we all know your flesh has a voice. That means it just wants whatever it wants. Right? And that voice can be pretty loud if you have an addiction. And anybody that's ever dealt with an addiction knows exactly what I'm talking about. Right? That can be a loud voice. And when you're allowing your flesh to rule you and to lead you in everything that you do, come on, then, 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 then you can't hear your spirit's voice. It's in there because it didn't go anywhere. It's there. It's down there. It's like, help me. And the voice of your body and your mind is like, shut up in there. We've got control of it. We're doing what we want to do. We don't give you permission. But see, we've got to reverse that. We've got to get the voice of our spirit up here where our voice of our spirit is controlling everything and, and giving us that nudge to do something or not to do something. That voice needs to be loud. That need, voice needs to be getting your attention, needs to be catching you by the collar when you get a little strayed off a little bit. Come on. And it happens, but we do or do not listen. Right? You know. You know, your heart will check you. We'll get into that next week. I'm not going to get into that for the sake of time. I'm just looking at what time it is. And we'll, we'll pick that up right there. But, but, but your heart will check you, right? I could keep going on that. Well, that's a good one. But anyway, we need to be get to a place where we can hear our spirit. And we're not so focused on this flesh and our mind and our emotions. And don't allow these things to rule you and to run you. Because your response to every situation is everything. You know, as a pastor, one of the... The, the greatest things that I've learned through this process, and I've learned so much, you know, did great serving in every area, but until you stand in this place, you don't realize what you didn't know till you get here, right? And, and I'm humble. I thank God for it. And I've learned from, from you guys. I've learned from other people. And, and I love that. I love learning, right? 
And and I and, and one of the one of the greatest things that that that, I, that I've I've seen is is how people will come to a place of growing spiritually, right? Because when you grow spiritually, you get to that place to where you can hear your spirit's voice. You can hear it getting your attention, right? And, and, and too many people are still hung up on the fence and they're trying to play over here and, and in the world and then, and, and then try to give church some time because that, that makes them feel better. It makes them feel like they're at least giving God a little bit of time and everything's going to be all right for them, right? But see, they've got to get all in. They've got to get all in. And, you, and it starts with your love walk. It starts with your... You've got to choose to walk in love in every area of your life. I'm closing with this. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So your love walk is everything. And as believers, you've got to remind yourself that love of God is shed abroad in your heart, in your spirit. It's there. And it's there to empower your faith. See, God gave us the love to empower our faith so that we could get the answers for our prayers or the things that we hope for so that we can walk out the plan that He has for our lives not hard it's not hard at all people some people are wandering around i just don't know what god's got for me and that just seems like that dreams like seems so big and so hard and i don't think i, I can't see, ever see myself uh reaching that well well listen that's just the enemy trying to talk you out of a plan that god has for you get bold about who you are get in faith believe in god's word and if that dream is from God Himself. It'll line up with the plan that He has for your life. And go for it. And let me say this. Don't be afraid to go for it. Even if you fail, which I'm not going to say you are going to fail, it's better that you moved. Because there are people that spend their entire life not moving. And they grow old and they're sad. Well, I never got to do anything. No, you didn't do anything because you wouldn't move. Sometimes it's better to take a step of faith. Even if you trip up. I can't tell you how many times I've tripped up. But I moved. If you don't never move, you'll never know. Amen. Listen, that's why God gives us love. To empower our faith. So that we can, to, to, we can bring His power into our lives. So that we can walk out the, the plan He has for our lives. Right? All we got to do is choose to walk in love. In every area of our lives. See, too many of us, we, we don't understand how important that word is. L-O-V-E. And we don't understand just how significant that is to our Christian walk. But when we get done with this, I, want to, I, I believe that you're going to get it. You're going to get it. And, and what this will do, guys, is this will stir up in the inside of you the value that God sees in other people. In other words, you're going to start to see that value in other people. Right? No matter who they are. No matter what color they are. Don't matter what, how they're dressed. Don't matter what sin they're involved in. You'll begin to see them out of, from, as spiritual mature people loving them because it's a child of God instead of reacting off of emotion and seeing a man dressed as a woman acting like a woman, this, that, and other. Instead of reacting out of anger or fear or whatever, you'll react out of love because you see that brokenness and you forgive them because they don't know what they're doing and they need you to take their hand, talk to them, bring them up to 
your biblical standard based on the Word of God. Come on. And so that they can come out of the darkness so you are being the light in their lives. So you got to see that value in those people. Not everybody can do that. Right? But you can. Not everybody does that, but you can do it. Amen. Even when your flesh is trying to convince you otherwise. Amen.